What does it mean to be bold? I'll, I'll tell you what it means to be bold, to preach a sermon on boldness after what I heard this weekend coming out of the mouth of my wife. That is boldness right there. That's being bold. <laughs> In fact, I told her, I said, I'm going to do something really crazy this year. I'm going to come to the conference, and I'm just going to listen. And I did, you know, I developed and prayed a little ahead of time. If you read my blog this week, you'll know that. But I pray, I, throughout the conference, I'm just, all right, Lord, what's the word for Sunday morning? And the whole weekend, I'm going, there's nothing else to be said. <laughs> you know, it was, that was so awesome. It was a great great weekend. There's a problem, however, with boldness. And that is when you are trying to be bold, when there is nothing behind the bold. Peter, in Mark chapter 14, said this to Jesus. Well, we're going to hear first what Jesus said to them. He said, this is, by the way, They've just had the Lord Last Supper together. They've, he's already washed their feet. They sang a hymn, and they started walking out toward Gethsemane the night before Jesus was crucified. Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. What a nice thing to say after such a wonderful time together. But after I'm raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even though they all fall away, I will not. Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, in other words, boldly, Peter said. He said, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. I mean, they caught the excitement and the fervor of the moment of the bold declaration of Peter, and they all said it together. And they went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And do you remember that Jesus went and prayed in agony, fighting through the moment, and then came back, to Peter and said, specifically to Peter, and said, you're not praying? You could avoid temptation if you were praying. The word emphatically, I looked it up, and here's what it means. There's, there are several meanings, and some of which you would, you know, say, yes, that's what it means. But the word, there's the word superfluous. You know what? Superfluous can mean a few different things, but it, it includes saying more than is appropriate. Superfluous would be talking over something more than what it is. And what I've found is that it's very easy in the moment of excitement to blurt out something that you really feel strongly about. The question is, is there enough bold behind the bold? Is the strength behind the bold? Is there strong behind the bold? In, um, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 through 8, and it's the place where, um, do you have it up here? Can we, do you have that? Because I didn't put it in my notes. Joshua chapter 1, 6 through 8. Here we go. 
Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Next. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which my Mo- Moses, my servant, commanded. You do not turn from it to the right or to the left, you, that you may prosper wherever you go. And then verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. In other words, he said, be strong and bold, courageous. Be strong and bold. Be strong and bold. Don't just be bold, but be strong because you're, you're going, you're not, you're not going to make it from just being excited today. You're going to make it because you meditate on the word of the Lord, because you do everything that Moses said to do, because you focus every day when you don't feel like it, because you're in the place of prayer and meditation in the word, and you're strong in the Lord. Be strong and bold. That's what he was saying. That's what he told Joshua to do. And he said it over and over and over again. Be strong and bold. Be strong and bold. Be strong and bold. In order to be bold, you must first have to be strong. I, I'm not talking down to anybody. Uh, when I was uh, 25 years ago, in the 1800s, I was about three years old. So 25 years ago, I was planting a church in North Carolina. And I was excited. And uh, God had miraculously given us a facility. It was a high school auditorium. It was miraculous because the rules on the books were that 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 auditorium could not be used for churches on Sunday. But I I felt like God was saying that was the place. And so I filled out an application anyway. And I turned it in, and that application bypassed the... um, uh, two or three steps, including the principal, and ended up in the janitor's box. Now, I heard about this later. And the janitor has to sign off on it because he's got to clean up and we pay him. And so he signed off on it, the janitor, and it was given back to the secretary who called me up and said, your application has been approved. And so we got in there, and it was about two or three weeks later that the principal said, how did this happen? You know, you know, they're not supposed to be, but they didn't know what to do then. We were already there. There was a church in their building. And so it was a miraculous thing. And then I went off to a, uh, a pastor's conference. It was one of those awesome Tulsa, Oklahoma pastor's conferences with all the people who were on television at the time and the largest churches. They were all there. I could call out names that you would know, many of you, that were at that pastor's conference. And man, I came away so excited. I was pumped. And I came back to these about 25 people in this room that sat, that sat 500. And uh, I boldly declared that day, in one year, we will see this room filled, 500 people in one year. It was an awesome day. It was a very disappointing year. <laughs> I was excited about planning a church, but I was, I was not strong behind the bolt. I hadn't considered what I was saying. I didn't count the cost. I didn't determine a strategy. 
I didn't really have the faith for that. I did in the moment, but that was really a weak faith because I hadn't thought it through. I hadn't, I hadn't talked to anybody and I hadn't, I hadn't done anything to calculate what I was about to say. Boldness is not just some excitement that comes out of your mouth when you're excited. That's not true boldness. Boldness comes from something that has been built and has been strengthened in your heart. Sometimes you are bold over a period of time. Sometimes you're bold in the moment, but you're bold in the moment because you've been bold behind the scenes, because you've been praying, you've been meditating, you're strong in the Lord. And so when the moment comes and you have to be bold in that moment, then you can be bold in that moment. Jesus lived this way. In Matthew 14, I've got two verses immediately. He made the disciples get into the boat, go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But let me, let me tell you what was really happening. And this is in the scripture. Jesus had received word that his friend, John the Baptist, had died. He's actually a relative. John the Baptist had been beheaded. And Jesus went into mourning and actually said to his disciples, let's go away by ourselves in a retreat status. And so they went to a mountain and they were going to be alone. Well, the crowd wouldn't have any of that. And the multitudes came out at least 5,000 because this is where the 5,000 were fed. And Jesus out of compassion, didn't turn them away. And he healed the sick all day and fed them that night with a few fishes and loaves. In the evening, Jesus said to his disciples, get in the boat and go. And he went up on the mountain to pray. Now, I I want you to catch this because this is what happened. Jesus was so focused on the bold behind the bold. He was so focused on his personal focus time that he missed his flight. That he didn't get on the boat. That he's sending them to the other side without him even going with them. And you would think, now wait just a minute, why would he do that? Why would he send them and he didn't get on the boat? Because he knew how much he needed that time in prayer. Jesus, the Son of God, in the human condition, knew his need for strength, and he was completely worn out. He was worn out emotionally. He was worn out physically. And so you would think he would get on the boat and take a nap. He went to the top of the mountain and prayed. He knew where his strength came from. And so he went into the place of prayer and prayed all night. And then in the night, he saw the storm, he saw the disciples. And listen, he did. He walked on water. That's a little better than a flight. Walked on water to get to the other side. But the Bible says in one that he intended to pass them by. He was not going to stop until Peter got his attention. But Jesus was actually just walking to get to the other side. See, here, here's what I wonder. I wonder how many miracles we miss because we have to pre-plan and predetermine everything and our life is so full and compact and organized that we just don't have time for God. 
that we just had a busy weekend. We don't really need to, I really don't feel like going to church today. It's okay if I don't go today. And I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I am telling you that if Jesus needed, if Jesus needed spiritual strength, so do we. How is it that we can say that we don't really need to pray or we don't really need to meditate in the Word? We don't really need to be to do what it takes to be strong in the Lord when Jesus himself knew that he had to do that in order to walk in the level that he had to walk in. See, that's, that's where Jesus knew that to be bold, he had to be bold behind the bold. He had to be strong in order to be bold. Um, turn to Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John, verse 1, were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth, by the way, do you know what the ninth hour is? Who knows? Three o'clock, good. Now we have some Bible students. Three o'clock in the afternoon. And the man lame, a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of, alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. Now I want you to if you've ever been in another nation where, because you don't see this, you may think you've seen someone who begs. But you go to other countries and, and you'll see where they will bring these, these um, uh, men and women who look like they have been almost, they almost made it to the funeral home. I mean, they're both... Bone, skin and bones, hardly any meat on them. They are very dirty, and they'll take them and and they'll bring them in trucks, and and they'll put them at certain locations. Now, who brings them there? How did they get there? It's a business, so the money they're collecting is going to go to the guy who put them out there. But they are they are in terrible shape. It's one of the most horrible things I've ever seen in my life. And, and, uh, and your heart just goes out and yet you're, you know, the person with you saying, don't, don't give, you don't understand that money's going somewhere else. It's not going to them. And so that's who was at the gate. Now he may have been begging for himself, but he was at the gate. And so it says, Peter directed his gaze at him as did John and said, Look at us. Now, this is the same Peter who boldly said he would never deny Christ and then denied him. This is the same Peter who was challenged in the streets of Jerusalem. And then later, after Pentecost and the Holy Spirit came, Peter stood up in those same streets and preached the gospel boldly in daylight and 3,000 people come to Christ. Now, now we have a different Peter. This Peter now comes... And he is, he is boldly setting his gaze upon this man who has been sitting there at this gate his whole life. Peter has walked by him hundreds of times. 
and he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. We used to sing a chorus about that. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at all that had happened to him. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk. In other words, what you just saw happen did not come from my human strength. What you just saw happen did not come from my being a good person. What you just saw did not happen because I've learned how to do this. What you just saw happen did not happen out of my flesh. And see, that's before the cross, resurrection, and Pentecost. That's how Peter was trying to live his life. And now, see, here, here's the question. Where did Peter's strength come from? Where did the strong before the bold come from? Let's continue to read. In verse 16, he says, and his name by faith in his name. And he's talking about Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in his name and by faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Now, I'm going to give you that word for perfect health is the word... I'm trying to pronounce it right. Halaclaria. Halaclaria. Something like that. It's close. And here's what it means. Perfect health is what this man had. And it says complete in all of its parts, in no part wanting or unsound, complete entire whole of a body without blemish or defect, free from sin, faultless, complete in all respects, consummate. This guy was not frail any longer. He did not just stand up and leaping and dancing in his frail look. This man had muscle on his bone. He was physically in every way complete and made whole in that moment. And he stood up and realized what had happened and began to leap and worship and praise God. And even... His sins were forgiven, and he was cleansed and made whole on the inside. Listen, this man was, he was Superman. I mean, he was, he was as 
healthy and whole inside and out as any of us. I said, Lord, I want some of that. You know, I, I want some of what this man had. And so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to try to fit this in in five minutes, so pray for me. And that is, what does it mean? What does it take to be bold and to be strong and bold? Where did this man get his boldness? Where did he, I'm sorry, where did he get his strength? Well, what we're learning here is that, yes, you get your strength from prayer. That's, that's been the obvious word here. Yes, you get your strength from meditating in the word, as God told Joshua. Yes, you get your strength, listen, you get your strength from the name of Jesus Christ. There's the, that boldness will bring you strength. Don't be ashamed of him. Don't be ashamed of his name. Don't live a cover-up life, but live boldly by the faith that is in the name of Jesus. Let his name come out of your lips, you know, uh, in a much more faithful and powerful way than our culture has learned to use it, his name. So declare his name boldly. But listen, this man, had he had not prayed, he had not meditated in the word, he had simply been begging, and on the right day, the right man walked by and looked at him and gave him what he had. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something really important. You want to be strong and bold? Then hang around people who are. You want to be strong and bold? Let people pray for you who are strong and bold. You want to be made whole and complete? Then learn how to walk with people who are still, who are learning together how to be whole and complete. Don't live your life secluding yourself from the very people who are chasing after the same thing you're chasing after and learning some of it. Imagine if we just shared with each other what we're learning and grow from that. This layman was in the way of a man who was strong in the Lord, not in his own strength, whose boldness came out of the Strength that came from Him and faith in His name. And really, it was the boldness of Peter that brought that strength to Him that day. Hang around people who are strong and bold. To be bold, you must be bold behind the bold. Um... Verse 7 of chapter 4. And this is my last. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, See, when, when he healed the sick man, everybody, I mean, listen, 5,000 more people came to Christ. Men, that doesn't include the women and children. 5,000 more men came to Christ that day as a result of that miracle. And it caused such a commotion that the, the rulers of the synagogue, of the uh, temple, the the priest, and they, they sent somebody there to arrest these guys and bring them before the high priest, and, and they began to question them. Verse 8, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed 
to a crippled man by what means this man has been healed. Let it be known to all of you. Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead by him, this man is standing before you well. Then Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. Boy, is he being bold. Now, these are the guys he was afraid of when he was, when he denied Christ. He was at the house of the high priest when he denied Christ. And now he's standing in front of the high priest saying, you killed the Son of God. Wow. And it says, and there is no salvation. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Now, I'm just going to stop right there. They didn't know Peter and John. They, the, the high priest didn't know John, by the way. But they didn't know these disciples like really know them. This is the first time they've seen Peter in action. They have, personally. And they're listening to these guys stand in front of them and begin to proclaim. Listen, let me tell you what they sounded like to them. Because it's here that they're realizing that they are uneducated men. Untrained, uneducated. And that they had been with Jesus. The bold behind the bold. They, they were like, well, I might step on a few toes, toes here, but you know, sometimes when we hear the guy with the deep southern accent, now not, not my accent, mind you, but the one from the backwoods, you know, the loud, intimidating, fiery preacher, and his vocabulary is bad, and his sentence structure is terrible, and he just can't really eloquently say anything. And so we don't listen to him. In fact, we make fun of those people, the uneducated. That's exactly what they sounded like. They sounded like uneducated people because they were. They were cussing fishermen. And so they were, they were standing before, the, and they didn't have this experience. These guys were walking in boldness. They weren't walking with a degree. And so I'm going to, if you want to be strong and you want to be bold, listen, I'm not saying don't be, un, I'm not saying be uneducated. If you're going to get an education, get it for the right reasons and be skilled at what you do. But if you want to be bold, you might have to be de-educated. You might have to get some of the education out of your mind. Some of the things you've been taught and you repeat back to yourself that still sound kind of good. Well, you know, if I'm really going to be a nice person, then I'll do something. That, no, you might have to de-educate yourself in, in order to walk in boldness. You might have to rise above the expectations of your culture in order to walk in boldness. You might have to do without some of the expectations of the people around you in order to walk in boldness. 
I don't have time to get to it. But the last point is walk in boldness with the corporate people of God. When they gathered back together with the people, the Bible says that they prayed for boldness. Lord, Lord, these guys have told us not to preach in His name anymore. But we pray for boldness. And the Holy Spirit shook, literally shook, the place they were in with boldness. And then they went out and preached the Word of God with boldness. I'm going to call on you today. Listen, I've, I've planted two churches. And both times I had to walk with incredible boldness with not knowing how we were going to make a house payment or whatever. I mean, I, I've, I've not talked much about that, but I can tell you that Carol and I, several times in our life, and we're about to go through this again, several times in our life, we have gone through these moments of having to take bold steps of faith, do things that just were not, did not make sense in the natural, but they were God calling us to do something. And we had no choice but to obey. I mean, the other choice is just, well, I don't want to live that way. Boldness is basically obedience. That's what it is. It's not really somebody who really has it together. It's really somebody that's just willing to say yes to what God says do. And you're willing to do it. That's boldness. And so we have found ourselves in that place more than once. And I can tell you that it is the most exciting most glorious place to be. I mean, it's wonderful to be standing in a place where only God can respond. It's a wonderful place to be. God is calling us to a place of boldness as a church, a place of boldness in your personal life, a place of boldness as, your, as a family, your family. God calls us to boldness. Don't be afraid. Walk in wisdom, but let it be the wisdom of God and not the wisdom of man. Let it be God helping you walk through it and not just, not just man's idea of how you should do something. Let God speak and the wisdom of other bold people who have been through it speak into your life and help you walk through it. And God will help you walk in boldness. Let's stand together.